You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. Okay, let's get going with the message this morning. Um, I expect that as we go forwards, I mean, the, the, the cleaner, I didn't really want to touch it, but it will. The cleaner, when she went, just, just that reminds me of if you build it, they'll come. And we've got so uh, determined and faces like Flint that we're going to build this that I've nearly forgotten that we're building it so that people can come because we're going to do it anyway. Um, but like when you're about root development, you forget that actually the tree needs to, the tree's going to grow and bear fruit too. So be expectant that we should be doing this a lot more and there'll be more than Andrew standing up at the front. And it's healthy and it's good. And God is not restricted to a culture nor a time, nor a place in the earth. And the more that we grow, hopefully we'll get a handle on that, and heaven knows who'll be standing with us on different days. Okay, so we're uh, continuing on with the message series, Take Root Below. The key verse is, once more a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. And then Isaiah 61, so they'll be called the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor, then they will rebuild the ancient ruins, raise up and restore the former desolations, renew the ruined cities, the desolations and deserted settlements of many generations. That we've discovered, and I think we're all discovering it, that we're a forest. And knowing that changes things and makes some things easier to swallow and also helps us to, to know what we're about and how it all works. We are the trees, and we have three new members, which is tremendous. So there are more trees in the forest, more people who are going, this is where I want to be planted. Last week, we looked at missing the wood for the trees, and I talked about the film Mr. Holland's Opus. Did anybody watch it since then? No? Okay. But it's very good. I encourage you to watch it. And we looked at um, how the whole uh, process um, of life is that we have dreams and we imagine they're going to be one way and often they're quite different. And in that movie, there was a lady who he had taught who'd become the governor and she said, we are your symphony, Mr. Holland. We're the melodies and notes of your opus and we're the notes of your life. So it's about adjusting to what God's doing and renewing our minds, remembering that God's ways are not our ways, nor are his thoughts our thoughts. And it's about digging down. And that conversation with Elizabeth, she said, it's frustrating when you think you're meant to be going forwards, but actually you realize that you're digging down. And knowing that is really very helpful. And so much of what we partner with God in is in hiddenness, isn't it? It's not out there. If you're working with God, it's rare that it's certainly at the beginning that it's all going to be up front and, you know, it's just not. It's about hiddenness and what he does, developing the root system so that the tree, when it grows and bears fruit, that actually, that it can stand. And the fight is over your and my perspective. It's about what we think. Proverbs 23, 7 says that as you think in your heart, so you are. That's why it's so important that you know what God thinks about you, and it's not about what you grew up with or the things that people have said to you. It's about us focusing on the things that God has asked us to focus on, which tethers us to the King, and it means that we can grow tall and strong. So to build on that this week, we're looking at the fruitful forest and I've told you the story before, but in our house, we, in Balnahinch, 
we had, well, not in the house, obviously, it was outside in the garden, was a magnolia tree. Anybody else like magnolia trees? They're just beautiful. And I love that they seem to come into bud out of nothing. There's no leaves. It just is, there's this beautiful, typically pink or white flower in the tree. So it was in the ground for seven years. And on the year that we left, it just came out and the beautiful blossom for the first time, which was equally, it was bittersweet. It's like, my goodness, that's beautiful. And all right. We're just going to leave it to the person who just thinks it was there, whereas I've been every year going, I mean, I was out inspecting it going, it's a, no, it's a leaf. And then in the final year, there it came. Whenever uh, trees are at that place of maturity, they just naturally come into bud, which ends up in flower and then results in fruit if that's what they do. And probably before that tree was in our garden, it maybe had one or two years growth beforehand. So there could be nine years, like nine years of really nothing, just simple growth, nothing that attractive, just more twigs. And then when it came to maturity, it came out in this beautiful blossom. When plants, shrubs, trees are healthy, they will naturally, in line with the seasons, produce flower and then fruit. They do not become healthy so that they can flower and fruit. They flower and fruit because they're healthy. So it's really important that we get a handle on that. There are times where we go after God to get healing, where actually that's not what it's about. You get healing and get whole when you go after Him because you're going after Him. The first thing that all of us are called to go after is Him, and then everything else comes. Now, the journey often starts with a personal need, something of self-interest that the soul wants. Well, everything's reasonable to the soul, but something that you want. And then the process of that, God will very gently correct you that actually, have anybody seen, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And you know the man on the, the old man who really prophesies to them about their journey on the railroad? And he says, you will find the treasure, but not the treasure that you seek. Well, on this journey, we find ourselves treasure, but not the treasure that we seek. And the treasure is him. So as we go after him, then sometimes the things that we were looking for initially happen, but sometimes they don't. I want to look at Mary and Martha this morning. So if you've got your Bibles there, you can look at Luke 10 and it's verse 38 to 41. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. What a veiled, manipulative accusation, eh? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So why am I bringing Mary and Martha to the table this morning? Well, Martha wanted Jesus to come and fix things, to correct this and correct that, and to confront this and confront that so that she could get on with what needed to be done. Any Marthas? Hello? Mary wanted him. And we tend to do what I've just done with any Marthas. Any Marys here this morning? Have we got any Mary Marthas here this morning? 
No, you all in one camp or the other. I would be in both. There's parts of me that are merry all over. I'm just like, I'm right there. It's exactly where I am. And there's other parts, particularly on a Friday when I come home from school, I feel like I walk around and go, why are the shoes lying here? Why are the school bags here? Why is this? And Claire's always going, come and just relax. I mean, it's a Friday, just relax. So aren't we all a little bit of Mary Martha? Yes. It's accessible, isn't it? It's not just one person. It tends to be both. But Mary wanted him. Now we're going to go to Bethany just at the point where Lazarus has been dead for a few days and the sisters meet Jesus as he comes, okay? So on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to, com to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you're the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to a tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What did Martha say? Did she not say exactly the same thing? Now, Martha, I hear the response. I better read the response. Look at the response that she got from Jesus. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. And we all know the rest of the story. So Martha comes and Martha says, if you'd, not, if you'd been here, he wouldn't be dead. And they go on this theological discourse. When Mary comes and says, if you were here, he wouldn't have died. And is weeping. And Jesus says, show me where he is. And I want to really suggest to us that we have got Mary and Martha in all of us. And I think and want to offer to you that Martha is the soul's response to the presence of Jesus. And Mary is the spirit's response to the presence of Jesus. And the deal is that we are all both. They were sisters. They are inextricably linked. They can't get away from each other. They are both necessary and they're both part of the family. They both needed Jesus, and the soul wants to understand and have answers, and at times that's legitimate, but there is one thing that is needed, and that is to remain at the feet of Jesus. John 15, 4 says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. 
And we're talking about the fruitful forest this morning. So you can't do this unless you do the job of remaining. If you remain here, no matter how unattractive your remaining may be, now you're likely not going to come up to me, although some do, and it's fine, come up and go, it's really hard to remain here. It's really, really. Do you understand how hard it is to remain in this forest? And typically I'll go, yep, I do. But if you remain here, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you because we focus on that one thing, which is to remain. Just remain. Then you get everything else. Now, if your heart is, if I just go about the business of remaining, I'll get what I want, then you're kind of missing it a wee bit. And if that's where you are, that's okay, as long as you go to Jesus and say, listen, where I'm at is I'll do whatever it takes to get from you what I need. He'll go, okay, and he'll take you on a journey where it becomes all about just him. It's about remaining in him, and then other things come to you. And one of the points I really want you to take away this morning is don't force the fruit. You can't, I mean, you can't, I, you can't go out to an apple tree, jeepers, you could try, and go, grow fruit, grow fruit, grow fruit, grow fruit, hold the trunk and go, grow fruit, grow fruit, grow fruit, grow fruit, and then all the time go out to it and try to provide the, the special environment for it and do whatever you can and say, grow fruit. It's just not going to work. It just has to go about the business of remaining until it gets to the season of maturity when it's time to bear fruit. And typically then, once it's hit that season, then hell nor high water, or heaven nor high water, or whatever, could stop it from bearing fruit. Because it's mature, it's just going to bear fruit. The fruit of the Spirit isn't yours. It's not ours, and it's beyond us. And if we go after trying to be kind, trying to be gentle, trying to be loving, trying to be filled with joy, and all of those, trying to have self-control. It's just not going to happen. This is a spiritual fruit. Now, the soul can try and eke out something, but typically when the soul does it, it'll bear fruit in one context, but there'll be a whole price to pay in another, and another ugly fruit or some other disease will come in some other part of the tree. The soul has to learn how to yield itself to the presence of God to have the production of fruit. So when I'm tired, there's always the opportunity for me to be irritable and angry. And as I remain here and on the journey, the fruit of self-control grows in my life. In that, getting really practical, I'm able, able to muzzle my soul a little bit more, not all the time, but I'm able to go, I'm tired, I'm getting irritable, I'm getting angry. Sometimes Claire will say, listen, you're getting irritable. And if I'm in the form to be able to receive that, I'll go, okay, all right. Um, and the best thing that I can do is lead myself to rest in bed. So let's get practical. The fruit of the Spirit looks like Colin recognizes that he's tired, recognizes that there's opportunity to uh, kick off at people, acts in the opposite spirit. If I can get myself to that place, muzzles my mouth and takes myself off to get rest. It's really very practical, isn't it? It has a real practical implication on our lives. 
You need to get some rest, Jake, I think, as well. You yawn on the way there. Appreciate it, maybe a bit boring. Try my, be- try my best, Jake. I'm trying my best. So we choose. We choose the opposite spirit. We choose, we choose, we choose. But we can't. We don't have this, and therefore that takes all the pressure off. We just remain. And if you're continually getting it wrong, just remain. And if you still keep getting it wrong, just remain. It all changes when we give up, and it all eventually changes when we don't. But the pressure coming towards us is, really, you're never going to get this. You're just never going to get it. You're never going to get it. You're never going to get it. And then that either external voice or internal voice becomes something that you vocalize. And because the uh, power of life and death is in the tongue, you then live up to what you're speaking out. I'm just never going to get this. So why would I bother trying? So there we go. So we stand down, blah, 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 blah. And very effectively, the enemy takes a wee bit more ground. But when we just choose to remain, then we remain. And what do you know? The seasons and life and all of those things cause us to mature and grow, and we bear fruit. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or sit in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but those who delight in the, is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which bears, yields, or submits its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers." Trees remain. As they remain, they mature. As they mature, they produce fruit. And Elizabeth told us when she was speaking that, can you remember the age that oak trees start to begin to produce acorns? Forty years old. And did you know that their best acorn production is from the years 80 to 120? (laughs) Just want to say to you, Tishy's about to come into her own, people. So, you know, we're to take, God has placed the secrets of how he works in the natural world around us. We're not about speedy fruit production here, which may be why many people don't remain, because it's kind of be ugly for a time. The ugly face, do you remember that message about the ugly face? So we have to slow, do you remember the ants in the Lord of the Rings? They were the tree folk, and they spoke very slowly. And they had real authority, and they didn't do anything quickly, and everything they had had weight, and it was considered. So we want to slow ourselves down, and I've just got that they're trees. We want to slow ourselves down to the pace of the Spirit of God, which may be much slower than you imagine, and much quicker than you imagine, and both are happening at the same time. We are not about our pace. If we were, we would not still be standing in Mosley Pavilion. We are about His pace, because this, as you well know, is His church. And you and I, if we are believers, have signed over our rights to ourselves to Him, and therefore the pace of our lives is in His pace. And as Paul said, We're going after the Spirit. Now we want to keep in pace with the Spirit. So take all the pressure off yourself that you've got to be about the business of bearing fruit and learn to remain. That is what you're being asked to do, is to remain. 
Shrubs and trees bear fruit when they bear fruit. You can't force them. And if you tried, it would have a detrimental effect on the plant and on the fruit that it produces. And typically, you can't do it. And Jesus said in John 15, 16, you didn't choose me, I chose you. We're not ours, we're his. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. So you have not been disappointed. We've been learning about that in our sloppy language. We have been appointed. So suck on that one. You have been appointed to bear fruit. Now, if you're going to get all nervous and fearful, I'm not bearing fruit, I'm not bearing fruit, I'm not bearing fruit, what can I do to bear fruit? You're going to thwart the process and slow it down. You have to accept that you have been appointed to bear fruit. So if it's not happening fast enough for you, I would counsel you to take that to him and go, you've appointed me to bear fruit. I'm going to trust you about that. And I'm going to keep about what you've called me to do right here and right now and remain. Takes all the pressure off us. He causes and calls us to will and to act according to his good purpose. If you don't have the will to do it, go to him and go after him and remain and that will come. It's really actually very, very simple. All we're called to do is to stay focused on Him. If we do that, we'll stay focused on the right things. You've been appointed to go and produce lasting fruit. Trust Him with that. He'll complete the work that He started. Just trust Him. Trust and fear are mutually exclusive. The fear of not producing fruit will cause you to do things to force fruit production that actually will stop it. You can't force this. We're going about His business at His pace. What can you do? You can remain. Just remain. Just remain. And if you're really just, just remain. That's all you've got to do. Can I get the worship collective up? We're looking, the next thing is fruit and seed. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So I've said this before, but it's worth mentioning again. All fruit has within it the possibility to reproduce itself. Can you, I can't even think of a fruit that doesn't have a seed either in it or on it. Are there any? I mean, even pineapples, if you don't cut them right, those wee sneaky wee seeds. Apparently each pineapple takes two years to mature, which is ridiculous. But all fruit has within it the possibility to reproduce itself if it finds the soil that is right and the conditions to receive it. So as you and I remain here in this forest, we grow the fruit of the Spirit in our lives and others gorge on and eat the fruit and the potential for that fruit to be reproduced in them. It all happens at once. You think about when you're around someone who's kind. You're like, oh, God, me. That, was, that was good. And you start thinking, I wonder, could I be a bit more like that? Or someone who is genuinely joyful. It is intoxicating and kind of infects you. And people who are self-controlled, sometimes in circumstances I'm thinking, if that happened to me, I would have blown up. And you watch someone, if you get the chance to talk to them, going, how come you didn't blow up? And said, no, no, I really wanted to. I've just learned to go, how do you do that? So as you grow fruit, you offer it to others, whether you know it or not. They then eat it and receive it into themselves. And there's the possibility and opportunity for that fruit to be just in them. So we are always sowing seeds. And we are always given the opportunity to receive seeds and plant them in the soil of our lives. 
So we can't force for it, but we can remain. Know, believe, and embrace that we've been a chosen people, or we are a chosen people, and are appointed to bear fruit, and that he's faithful to make that happen. Would you stand with me, please? So this morning, here's your questions for response. Do you need to learn to remain, or do you want to just recommit to that process? All I need to do is remain. Secondly, have you been trying to force the fruit of the Spirit to grow in your life? And then finally, do you need to believe and trust that you have been appointed, not disappointed, appointed to bear fruit? So if you can answer yes to any of those questions, come and join me now at the front. We're going to worship for a time, and then Andrew's going to lead us in response. So come and join me now. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.